Welcome to West of MLK, Revealing Suivo Beyond the Wire, where we introduce you to the amazing people making southwestern Baltimore a great place to live, work, and visit. Listen to the voices of the community discussing what's happening on this side of MLK and topics relevant to everywhere. I'm Jim, and this is West of MLK. We have Laura. And Nicole. And Quentin Randall. Hello. Hey there. And I don't know your name. Uh, I'm sorry. David. David, David Warren. Dave Warren. And you guys are in a band? Yes. And uh, Well, they are not in a band together. Not in a band. You're each in a band. We're separately. each in a band. Yes. Oh. <laughs> separately. On the west side, apparently. Okay. Same. same. All right. <laughs> to choose. <them>. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> um, so uh, let's talk about music. Sure. All right. As we open a couple beers here. Um, that's what the editing. No, no, it stays in. Um, everybody, everybody, good on drinks. I'm good. All yeah. right, all my H two O. So, tell me about your band. Yeah. Um. So my band's called With Love, and so our motto is Love God, Love People, Do Everything with Love. And uh, we've been around since uh, 2013. Um, we are a missional-based band. Uh, for the community, by the community. Um, you probably may have heard of us through our uh, love sessions, block parties that we've done here in Union Square Park mm-hmm. um, that we've done pretty much every year except for the last few pandemic. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's been something that we've been doing here. And then, of course, we try to take that. We've been taking it overseas, actually, to Europe as well. Really? Very yeah. Um, so uh, we've done it in Glasgow, uh, Timisoara, Romania. Um, we've done it in uh, Paris. We've done it. Chantilly, or Chantilly, I'm not sure how to how to first say, but yeah, um, <laughs> in London, um, and uh, yeah, so that's been it's been great. Uh, we've been doing that on a consistent basis, pretty much every other year, and um, yeah, can't wait to for the next one. It's kind of things up in the air right now, of course, because the pandemic. Yeah, so you you were working sure. with uh, Biff Browning to set up for the Union Square stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Biff, Biff, my right hand man when it comes yeah. to uh, getting. You know the permits and things of that nature. He's so a good guy when it comes to picking out and, and coordinating with musicians. Yeah, he yeah. Understands man. the uh, shout out to Biff. The um, <laughs> Square Association. Yeah. No whispering. It's a podcast. We love you, Biffer. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been working with Biff too. Yeah. He, Biff is great, man. <laughs> I'm thinking I saw you play in the park. I've done. I think I, I played there like, three times. Like, now. Couple about two last no time. five times now five times okay because I've done I did the first one was with I think the first one was with my band mm-hmm. and then there was a moment where I did one like just solo mm-hmm. and they moved it to like the uh, street side when they had like um they had like vendors on the street and oh, then okay I remember yeah because yeah. right. I was by myself and then I did one with my band and then another solo then another one at another park okay but like it's I had to remember because I only, only did five of them. So we haven't talked about your band. Um, what's your band called? Me. Me. <laughs> no, um, no, no, no. It's uh, um, it depends. It like I can say I, I have a band. Um, the name of the band was called The Cleanse. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, for the most part, I'm still keeping the name, but I just made it a point that you know it's my name now, Quentin Randall. Okay. You know, because it's like to, depending on depending on what the uh. What I'm needed for, mm-hmm. if it's a three-hour gig, I can go with or without the band. Okay. So, so it's kind of like that. But right now, it's just Quentin Randall. Yes, yeah, it's, it's clear that you uh, you have a 
and and you will hear this those of you who have not been sitting up here in the room listening to us prep for this um he's got a real um way of making the guitar take up the rhythm and the bass and the uh, melody all at once and oh thank you <laughs> and um and that's a ideal thing if you're a guitar player um so uh how did you get into being a band a one-man band that has lots of members uh <laughs> i mean honestly <laughs> one man band with a lot of members yeah well no that's kind of perfect because it's like that's how it is there she's um, making a dirty joke i really am yeah so so to, to make it to, to make it to make it short i say that uh i the goal was the goal was okay i know what i can do by myself but at the same time it's inevitable you want to grow so mm. i wanted to know like okay i have these visions in my head i used to have a loop pedal i used to sit in my house i had a drum set i used to like play the instruments and i used to like just see like what can i do so i'm like okay well with the music i'm making for my own music how how can this flourish where can i take it what is what is my sound so playing with a lot of bands whether it's reggae bands funk bands and some r&b bands it's like okay in churches i'm like let me just put together some musicians that i know and try to make it easy on them like look this is all i need you to do i don't i'm not going to tell you what to do I just want you to kind of just let it be like a free thing. Mm -hmm. And it kind of just came to, came to fruition like that. Um, and then, and now, granted, the musicians have changed mm -hmm. and so have the sound. But coming into the band, it was just more so like, I just want to know, like, what is my sound? You know, I'm in the house all the time by myself. I'm like, what is my sound? You know, do I even like it, you know? So is that is that how you learn to play in the house or were you are you have any uh painting or I had no musical background. I picked the guitar for therapeutic reasons and I just happened to get good at it. Um I've been playing guitar since two thousand and five. I've been on the whole art scene since two thousand and three. My father died in two thousand three. I needed an outlet. Yeah. And I got good at it and I was in the house for maybe four or five years mm -hmm. before I even came outside and played in front of people, you know? So that's that's how that was. Well, so was church? No. In, okay, because you had mentioned church. I mentioned I mentioned that I knew I played in church. Maybe I played in three different churches, but church ain't my thing. Okay, and because yeah. I know that you're um, David, you are. Are you church oriented? I was. I was. Um, I was a yeah, big time part of church. Not anymore though. Okay. I'm not bringing a religious thing. I'm just saying yeah. that music is such an integral part of churches. Oh yeah, no, music yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, yeah, music's definitely. Yeah, you can't be a musician and not know yeah. musicians in church. <laughs> yeah, like playing a little spiritual part. Exactly. <laughs> playing, like playing in church is, it's a, for someone who doesn't go to church because I have my own obvious reasons. But not obvious. I just have my own reasons. But for someone who, for a musician, and I think I can speak for him, uh, he might elaborate is that, you know, it's an experience to be in a church playing. Sure. Because the musicians you're around, they're different. You yeah, know, versus like, sitting in the, in the pews. Yeah, you know, and we're talking season. I probably would say church musicians might be the most skilled and seasoned musicians you probably would meet right off the bat because of the types of music that they have to play, you know, and how they have to be very, uh, they have to be very focused, especially when you're playing in church. Like, it can go anywhere. Keys can go up. Yeah. Yeah. But it's you're all, very yeah. vocal, right? So, well, David, what do you actually do? Uh, so I, I I mainly play piano, um, and I've been playing piano since I was in control. 
I'm what thirty three now. Because okay. the but, vocals uh, are the church, right? So that's I think more of what I think. Yeah, yeah. And you're talking yeah. about musicians. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vocally, no, I, I didn't really start doing vocals till. Uh, I'm Jewish, you know that, right? Since like idea. 2000, maybe 2011. Um, yeah, and uh, just kind of got a knack for it, starting in the church, and then uh, somebody said I should do it more often. So then, <laughs> you did. Yeah, I did. Uh, did a whole album. So no, it, it worked out. Um, and um, yeah, it's it's definitely been it's made it even more of a deeper connection with music now that it was just more than just me playing the piano. It became you know more about songwriting and, and storytelling. Uh, it became more about connection with uh, with kind of the, with the with with humanity, connection with with your soul, um, and even on a spiritual level, you know what that what what that connection, and that's something that. I don't just necessarily box into church, uh, especially now. I think you know, from a spiritual sense, I think it's something everyone feels. Sure. Whether you know whether they identify. Fair enough. Now, what's the reception you guys get in in? Uh, you, you play on the West Side much, or you, I mean, obviously Union Square. Yeah, I mean, so since the pandemic, I mean, we've been we've just started actually doing our Patreon. Shout out to Patreon. Um and uh, uh, dot com slash with love music. So we 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 just started that off. Uh, we kicked that off in uh, as of what October, pushing out a live music uh, every month. We got we got one due tomorrow actually. We're dropping another song. So uh, we do live performances uh, every month that we put on our Patreon. It's exclusive to the members on our Patreon community and trying to build an online community through the through the pandemic. We've we've tried booking gigs actually, but they've all somehow get canceled because of COVID stuff. Yeah. So it's like a fans only thing, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like an only thing. Only fans. Like only fans. <laughs> only fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're not stripping. It's we're a, not, except for, not. except for just not. <laughs> yeah. We're not out here stripping or anything like that. But no, we, we put out, we put out music and then eventually we want to, we actually, I was just uh, talking to my friend over here about starting a podcast as well and getting that going and putting that Patreon as well and having some really cool conversations about, Music, culture, life. Yeah, know. so inform us. I don't know what this uh, is. I'm like, can yeah. You, can you talk to the old people in the room about what, what uh, Patreon is? Because because yeah. Jim and I don't know. I mean, okay. I mean, you guys about. would know. You guys know what OnlyFans is, right? Yeah, it's it's a yeah, subscription. That's why, so it's, it's a subscription based service, and essentially, you but know, it's not naked. Yeah, we know when it's not naked. You know, it's, it's but is uh, it video? Yeah, it's video. Okay. So we we put out video, um, and then there's different tiers that you can get involved in. Mm -hmm. Um, so we because we just started out, we got one tier right now, but we're we're planning on adding more tiers and stuff. But the whole point of it is just establishing a, a connection with your with your fan community. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you grow your following. fan community. You have, you have a lot of followers now. Is they well, we're that's what we're working on right now. Yeah, we, we've kind of had to like almost start over since the pandemic because. Mm -hmm. I mean, we really had a good following just doing all the block parties that we were doing. We were partnered with Parks and Rec, at, with Baltimore Parks and Rec, and doing some some of the, the parks around here and playing and um, and doing our love sessions, which had a lot of momentum. And when that stopped, and we kind of had to go underground for a bit, uh, and all the band members had to deal with their own individual situation in the pandemic, because um, all of us all also work full time. So, I mean, it's just something that. You know, we all had to kind of deal with and then kind of regroup and, and figure out where to go next. So, um, yeah, I mean, right now, like we're still writing, we're still producing, we're still like putting out music and stuff like that now um, and uh, hoping to, to build build our online line community and go from there. So it's just been one of those kind of rebranding seasons. But I mean, our sound has evolved 
for the better and uh, because of it. So definitely grateful. Kind of been in this uh, soul searching season, so to speak. Yeah. For sure. Now, how about how about you, Quinn? You've been uh, doing doing anything during the pandemic, or are you just laying low? No, no, I've been doing a lot during the pandemic. Um, <clears throat> my path is a little different, only because um, there's certain skills that I've always had that I've just, you know, you you don't want to lose you don't want to lose sight of the things that you always want to try out. So even though I'm a musician, there's other skills that I just learned throughout the pandemic. Mm-hmm. You know, one of them being photography, one of them being editing. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't a cho- it wasn't um, a choice of like hey I want to be a photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, during the pandemic, I really sat down, and I and I do a lot of self reflection. That's just a part of my nature. So I sat down with myself, and I was just trying to understand like okay, you know I've done music. I've I've had moments in music where I kind of hit that wall, and then I've had moments where I'm like okay I don't know what else I can do. You know maybe I need to give this a break and find out what else can like feeding my creative juices. So I sat down, had a talk with myself, and I was like, well, what do you love to do? I love to edit. I can sit for hours and just find incredible peace. Patrick, you're just, fired, quitting your hired. <laughs> no, like, like, I can sit for hours and I can just edit. It could be music, you know, like, like, you know, being music and like being an engineer, you know, mix and master in music, or it could be photography with uh, editing, editing um editing uh pictures you know or it could be uh film editing you know and but but understanding that kind of let me know that okay there's more that I can do and there's more that I want to like really like uh take a chance at so throughout the pandemic that's what I was doing okay. music music was a little Took it a was little backseat it was a, it was a little backseat in terms of I'm not going on Facebook I'm not promoting what I'm doing, I'm not saying, hey, y'all, I got a gig. It's like, in my mind, if y'all there, y'all there. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to promote it like I used to because I've kind of hit. I, it's slowly starting to come back, but like I took that time to understand that musically, just playing, no singing, just playing, I've hit that wall officially that, okay, I need to figure out what else feeds my soul, but then I also got to work on my weaknesses. Mm-hmm. You know, because I love to practice. And that's singing. He's been singing since 2011. Yeah. 2011. I started singing, officially singing, making a point to like sing and get paid for it since 2014. But I also knew my limitations and I knew my limits. So over the whole two years, I just sit in my bathroom and practice for hours doing different vocal warmers. So that's kind of what I've been doing. But music has still been is on Because we all sound better in the shower. No, it's no. got great acoustics though. No, I'm not. I'm not, man. If I, I'll put it this way: I'm not singing in the bathroom to sound good. I'm singing in the bathroom to sound horrible because I need to push myself. I need yeah. to push my voice. It's like I know my sweet spot. I know my sweet spot. I don't care about my sweet spot because I like. I want to sing how I play guitar. I just want to go wherever I want to go with my voice. So that's kind of like music's taking the back seat. Editing has been more in the forefront, sure. but I've been honing on my weaknesses as far as my vocal, at least when it comes to like musically what I've been doing. Are you guys looking forward to a day of getting back out in front of people? And is, is that an, 
to you guys? Is that an important part, the interaction with oh, the audience? Yeah. I so mean, one yes, one no. Well, you so, got one yes and one I, thank I, you. I mean, right? like, it's just when you're playing live, I mean, you're feeding off the energy of the people, especially when you play in front of a lot of people. I mean, that energy that you get, I mean, especially especially with the message that your music brings, whatever that message is, and people are resonating with that message. It's just, you, it, it is a spiritual connection. I mean, it's a, it's a feedback loop, so to speak. And so, you know, we plan our sets just on not necessarily what sounds good, but what, where's, where, do we, where are we trying to take the energy? You know, sure. where's our energy going to peak? Where is it going to be reflected? Mm -hmm. Where is it going to be um, subtle? Or where is it going to be in your face, loud? Uh, or how can we surprise people and really get that spike that they need? So it's uh, definitely one of those things that, you know, especially in, on the west side of Baltimore, um, when you're connecting, you know, our what we love to do is connect neighbors together, bring people together in the in the under the guise of music, right? And um, and and loving seeing people connect and meet for the first time, loving seeing people, um, you know, who are maybe down on, on down on their luck, you know, sleeping on that bench in the park or whatever the case might be, and really being able to to get just get in love with the music, you know, start <laughs> dancing, start grooving, start, um, you know. You know, when you see people that maybe on, on one side of the aisle are now connecting with that person on the bench that they try to stay 10 feet away from the other day, you know, and seeing those connections take place. I mean, it's just a really a, a beautiful thing what music can do as far as transcending, um, you know, that socioeconomic disparities that exist, you know, unknowingly in our communities. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's something that like we, we strive for and we crave. And, you know, I believe that everyone in this world um, has something to offer because I believe that we're all created in love, regardless of who you are, where you've come from, and what you've been through. I think no matter what, you deserve to be loved, you deserve to receive love, and therefore you you are capable of being great. And, and your music is a vehicle of that, which our, is and our music is a vehicle. and that's you, you may have changed Quentin's mind. I don't know. He was a hard no, right? <laughs> no, like we had a yes and a no. So I'm still a no, but I'm, I'm, I'm still a no, but I'm a no for a different reason. Like everything you're saying, I totally agree with. I of mean, course. I mean, like, um, one of my philosophies was my goal as a musician, or it, a goal as any musician, just an artist, is that you have a responsibility to leave it all on stage. If you're not leaving it on stage, you're doing a disservice to anybody who come to see you. And the goal of it is that my job, other than leaving it on stage, is to make sure that whatever you had coming in, you have a little bit more clarity walking out. Whatever you're going through, you have a, at, least, at least a better sense of control and clarity on whatever situation you're going through in life once you leave. That's always been my philosophy. So I agree with it. The reason why I say no is because during that time when I took the chance and, you know, just worked on other things, like my peace of mind is a very important thing to me. And I value that. So the things that I wanted to tackle and understand is, that, okay, these things feed my soul, but they also bring me peace of mind. So that hard no is specifically because I don't need to promote myself anymore. I, I'm fortunate. On, from my own personal self, I'm fortunate that the skills that I've learned, I've got paid for, and I've made a name for myself has nothing to do with music. During the pandemic, I deleted my whole Instagram. My whole, excuse what, me. What's an Instagram? 
Our Instagram is a social media platform. <laughs> Yo, follow us. With Love Music. Yeah. Oh, say it again. Say it again so they can hear it. Yeah, man. At With Love Music. That, that's fine, but still, yeah. carry on. Yeah, so, so I, deleted, I, I deleted my Instagram, which was like all of my personal stuff for me as a musician, blah, blah, blah. And I created, you won't laugh, I created a photography page called Photography With Love. So, nice. so now the reason why I said because I created that page because I was like, look, I love to travel. I love to be around. I love to, I'm fascinated with just different cultures, different perspectives. Okay, I can't go anywhere. What I can do, I can talk to everyone over the, across the world through Instagram. So making the, making the photography page was like a slight reinvention of myself and then meeting new people. Whereas though, like, I don't need to like go out of my way to promote myself. It's like my work can speak for itself. Whereas though, I don't have to do all the bulk anymore because I'm just tired of it. And I just want to be a little bit more smarter. And also like his way, his way is his way is just as fine as the next person, as the next person is me. Of course. It's, um, and I'm sure I would love to hear him talk about this, you know, the way that I see my life panning out and how I want to enjoy my life doesn't require me to be in the front anymore. I can be behind the scenes doing all the work and traveling, you know, and which is a great thing to have because it just takes a certain weight off me spiritually that I don't want to carry. And I, you know, I respect that because it sounds like you, you got, you're finding purpose in what you're doing and who you are, not by the validation of others per se, but by just really discovering your talents in a way that you enjoy them. Self-reflection. That's what happened. Yeah. Do you, do you think that comes, the difference comes maybe with finding a solo scenario and then finding a team scenario music, right? Yeah. So you are... You are you saying the path? You, you, like, do you need a solo to get to it? No, no, no. I was oh. saying, I think maybe the difference of perspective is that you did it for yourself. But, and, and both of you did it for yourselves, obviously. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you surrounded yourself with people after the effect, right? You you came into something and then you sort of worked people through it. And didn't you start as a band together? Right. right. Yeah, we started. Yeah, we did start out as a band together, and oh, wow. that's been something that uh, we definitely pride ourselves. I mean, we've had different changing members on the outside, but the core has always been the same. But it's been more than one, right? So I think the perspectives are maybe a little different because you're going to choose a path as a man doing a certain yeah. thing for himself, but yeah. you have a team. Yeah. He's now, well, I, I way, say, he's been fortunate though. Yeah, he's, the team is he's had a community. Yeah, he's had like, he has had that stability, which is a lot of musicians can't say of. He's had that stability of, I'm sure, like you said, the band has been through different iterations, of course, but like that, that core has always been there. I've been on the unfortunate end, but it's, still, it's it's not a bad thing. It just it's just how it is. It's that like I played in so many different bands that you kind of see how things just ebb and flow. Yeah. How people yeah. are, Seasons you know. You know, you don't need to have a lot of people in the band, but I'll tell you that. But like being being in different bands, I mean, I I mean, and and before I was even like considering singing in 2014, I just did solo. And when I say solo, I mean, like, I was just a guitarist in the band. So, like, but just so happened, obviously, y'all can't tell I'm vocal. So, I'm like, <laughs> so, like, just inevitable that I take things seriously. I take professional professionalism seriously. So, it kind of got to a point, oh, you're the leader. But it's like, no, I just wanted to sit back 
and do that. But then you kind of see how bands come and go. You see how people come and go. Eagles, you know. Come and go. Yeah, you have a little success in the basement. Everyone wants to be, everyone sees the money. It's like, okay, you know. But I, I've, been, I've been unfortunate to have that stability. And on that end, he had, which is a great thing. I mean, I would say that the band, for me, has been more than just the music. It's been a vision. Um, that we ha- that I that started with me from the beginning, as far as you know, it, it being not just a local vision but a global vision. Um, from what our from what our music can do beyond just what we can do in our, on our instruments, but being able to serve others in local communities and worldwide. Um, and so, basically, for us, even though we've had interchanging maybe vocalists or drummers or bass players or whatever, the core people that have been a part of it have been the main believers, the main drivers of that vision. And out of that has has been we've been able to write great songs, good music. Out of Can you do a shout out for that chorus? Huh? Since they're not here. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Shout out to Myron Mullen. Shout out to Stephen Waddy. Uh, they couldn't be here tonight, but uh, yeah, I mean, essentially, like uh, you know, they've been a, a huge part of our core. Um, been there since pretty much like day one. Um, and even even with the the band members that came and gone, my my motto's always been bless them on the way in. And bless them on the way out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. There's no, there's That's no, so there's no bad blood. I, I definitely, you know, even if they feel like, you know, they're leaving on a bad note, whatever. I was like, hey man, no hard feelings. Like honestly, uh, if you need to, you know, you want to chop it up, you want to come back or whatever. The door is open. You know, like I never, I never close doors. I never try to burn bridges because you just never know. And being part of the band too, it, it is being part of a community. It's, it's to me, it's a rare connection because. You're you're walking alongside people that are uh, in similar seasons as you are, and willing to walk with you and hold each other accountable, and say, "Hey, like we got goals to reach, let's reach them together." Um, versus like, you know, when you're when you got people that with egos, for example, they be like, "I want to do this one thing. This is how I'm trying to go about it," and and they'll come into the band. Like, All right, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do. But we're like, I don't think that's where we're trying to go. Like, this is what the vision is. We know what what's, what we're trying to go at. And a lot of times when those walks of life don't go uh, in unity or in tandem with one another. That's where oftentimes you see splits, um, and you see that a lot with bands too that like have been around. Like I mean, you know, the Beatles. I feel like they went through their season where they were walking together, but then you know, people's lives, circumstances change. I mean, LSD you know? happens, so I'm yeah. I mean, like I said, circumstances <laughs> change and things get interesting. It's, it's an open podcast; you can speak my <laughs> so. Yes, yeah, so, and musicians are fairly notoriously temperamental, just like everybody else. But you're like, when you're in a band, it's like being married to four other people. Right. From yeah. what I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or however is, many's in the band. Yeah, yeah. and this is what the intent, and this is also <clears throat> saying, like, we haven't even talked about, like, we're the leaders in the band. Right. You know, I'm like, if I'm leading the band, from my perspective, I don't need to know everything that's going on, obviously, with your life, but it's my job to know what's going on because if I am going to say something, I like to be fair and I like to be reasonable because everyone, like you said, everyone is always going through something. It's like, look, you know, I'm not going to demand certain things and make you feel bad if I know what you're going through. I'm going to try to meet you halfway because I know you as in like, I know how I can, I know how I can push a button or I can be reasonable, understandable to make you want to like not let me down. Yeah, so that but, baseline's not popping tonight, but maybe it's because you got yeah, something going on in your yeah. life. That's no, but, no, but seriously, though, like, no, it's true. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, I want to be fair, I want to be reasonable, but I also expect professionalism. Absolutely. You know, right. professionalism can also come with just being honest. Look, here's a bar. 
No, there's a bar. Yeah. Like my, my, the two main things that I will, I will. The two main things that really, uh, that really, um, that I'm a stickler about when it came to my band was being on time and practicing. Because mm-hmm. I done played with some really good musicians. I'm sure he has as well. And I've been around great musicians. And one thing I've noticed is that it's they they practice they they work ethic on practice. It's it's amazing to me. And I'm like, <laughs> he might laugh at this. You don't practice when you come to rehearsal. That's all I'm gonna no. say. But the, but the goal of it is like you know, I don't need you to be skilled at what you do. There is if a difference. I, no, it is. There's a huge. Yeah, hold on, hold on, hold that thought because I want to hear you. I, I know what you're gonna say. I don't want you to be skilled at what you. I don't need you to be extremely skilled at what you do. I need to know that you practice because if I know you practice, then I know that whatever happens on stage, you're trying to give me the best that you can give me. Mm-hmm. Even if we mess up, I don't care about messing Back. up. I don't care. We here to have fun. We here to like fuck with the crowd. I don't care. Like let's have fun with the crowd. So it's an indication of caring about your craft. Yeah. Right. You know, it's and also like about- it ain't it ain't about you. It ain't about me. Because at the end of the day, what you do or what I do affects everyone. Us. Yeah, I feel like when I talk to you. On this, this that you kind of have a kung fu panda approach to things. <laughs> what? <laughs> Where? I don't have the words here. <laughs> anybody? Anybody tell me what's going on? No, like at the end of the movie where he's like, he's 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 the he's the the dragon panda or the the dragon. Five. Can we yeah. edit this out? Literally, then, uh, what the fuck is happening right now? So so he becomes the chosen the chosen one the chosen one, yeah. but. At the end of the movie, he's figured that out, but he's like, I'm just going to go back to making noodles. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, there's, it's there's, an important skill. And yeah. It's, it's, it's vital to be able to bring the dancing out in people and, yeah. and having a, have a good time. But I get the impression that you would be just as happy. I'd be just being, as happy. Like, I don't like making noodles. Making noodles. I, no, I really or, would. Or, or the, editing. Or, so yeah. this is the, the editing and photography yeah. thing is what makes yeah. me think. One, one last thing, and it's just a saying, because I really want to hear what you say about what you said. Like, it's a, oh, it's a bar tool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a saying, and I heard, um, I heard Dave Chappelle say it, and like, for whatever reason, when he said it, I totally understood what he said. But that resonated to hell with me. It was like, the saying was, you have... <laughs> Oh my God! The same. The, the same was. Sometimes you have to be a lion to be the lamb that you really are. And when he and like when he said it, I totally understood it. Now, I'm going to take it differently than anybody else going to take it. But when he said it, that just spoke volumes because it's like what you just said mm-hmm. is a clear indication of what they're saying. This definition is is like I can do that, but I'm also just as happy doing this. It doesn't mean I'm content. It's a difference. But I'm just as happy. But that's kind of an indication. You don't live above your means. You don't live under your means. You live right within what you can do. So I just wanted to share that quote. because I think that was a great quote. That's good. That was a great quote. Okay. Yes. I was sorry. Sorry to interrupt with the whole cartoon. No, no, no. It's fine, man. I was just. I watched Moses Jones. So you got. You know, when you have a band, you you have your you have there's there's two different types of. You have your believers, right? They believe in the vision, down for the cause, right? They ride or die. But then you have like you just need a good rhythm section, so you get the contract <laughs> out and you find you some some, some great musicians mm-hmm. that you know can play. They can this is for like, the album. I just need y'all for this we session. We need this you way. for the song. We need you for the album. We need you for the concert. Whatever the case might be. But the standard is you come to rehearsal practice. 
You come to rehearsal knowing your music, mm-hmm. and we don't have to waste time. You fiddling around on your guitar, fiddling on your bass, trying to figure out what's the note. Where do we go in this section? Like it's we we can you know the expectation. You show up, you can play it. We figure out our different parts as far as how we sound together, and then and then move on. That's ideal. In, in mm-hmm. the moment that somebody comes to rehearsal. <laughs> And anybody can relate it. Whether you in church, whether you in a in, in the studio, it doesn't matter. It's every it's in every application, really. You know, it it saves so much time when people come to rehearsal practice. They've taken that practice, they've taken that time personally to invest in your craft and say, "Hey, I'm investing into the music that we're supposed to be performing." And so, therefore, I'm going to come to rehearsal knowing my stuff in a way that we you you give me a four count and we're and we're all we're clicking on all four. And and all we have to really worry about and focus on is, you know, how how can we sound the best that we can together versus uh well what's what's that? Or let's get it let's note? let's get it yeah. tight. Let's get it you tight. Know, um and that's the thing about being tight, you know, and that's how you know, and you see that like one of my favorite bands is uh, Snarky Puppy. Um <laughs> because they're a jam band, right? A jazz band. But I remember I, I, they came to the eight by ten and it was one of their first shows. Yeah, it was one of the first shows. And, and you could tell, like, they, they're they all masters of their universe, right, when it comes to, to playing their instruments. If you ever get a chance to see Snarky Puppy Live, I mean, I mean, now they're playing at all the big theaters. But anyways, like, you can see, you could tell from between the first show and, like, the last show. Because the first show, they're like, they're playing to sound good individually, but they're not tight. Right. But by the last show of the tour, I mean, it's like, you, you would thought that they are in each other. They could read each other's minds and complete each other's sentences because it's like I don't even know when this guy's soul is going to finish and then we're going to go back into the hook but it's just like they got a great feel for each other they got a great it's, there's a, nothing, it's, there's it's nothing, magical nothing as good as that in in, yeah. in music is, is having that tightness and it really as, as a fan and someone who likes to go see live shows you can really tell when someone's when they like each other and they're getting along yeah. and having a good it time feel, it feels as opposed different. to dudes like he, he played that note wrong. Kind right. Of yeah. Right. It and even, even when you're even when you're live and you're and that energy from the crowd that helps too. But when they feed into that energy, even if you do play a wrong note, mm-hmm. nope. it's not even it's there is no wrong note. It's fans like don't it, care. the fans yeah. don't care, but it, it's like it it almost adds to the uniqueness of the moment. Yeah. yeah. You know, even if you, you it's you know you you might and we always of course fans people can't tell in the crowd because we're all having a good time. You know what I mean? Because it, it's more than just. We're playing our music and we sound good. It's it's also the, the validation of man. Other people are enjoying what we're doing, and we're and it's something's happening. Something's going around in the air here. That's that's magical. That mm-hmm. that allows people to feel that connection in a way that you know you normally wouldn't. And in the office, you know. Yes. So, so so real quick, let's let's bring it down to people are listening to this and you speak and about your music. Yeah. But I don't think we've really pegged down what you think your sound is right so people are probably googling you right now or whatever young kids do but how would you describe the actual sound so 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 dumb it dumb it down for me yeah absolutely um because there's so many broad strokes right there's there's r&b there's punk pick it right right so project to me how you think you project categorically absolutely yeah um i would say for us, we are a mix of like the best artists that I, I think we can compare ourselves to, like a mix between like Coldplay and Bruno Mars. There's a lot of pop, there's a lot of rock flares in there. Um, you know, it's a lot. We try to make, always keep things funky, 
Always try to keep. As um, we all do. <laughs> and uh, and and uh, yeah, I mean that's really been our sound. Um, if you listen to our last record, it's definitely got uh, it's definitely much more jazzy for sure. Okay. Um, and it's got much more like CCM um, feels to it. A lot of uh, acoustic guitar, a lot of electric guitar lead, that nature. Um, but our sound is since then has evolved. That was 2016. So our sound since then has evolved more into like definitely this this pop rock funk, okay. Coldplay, Bruno Mars feel. Yeah, I mean, you'll hear it on our next single um, coming soon. <laughs> plug, plug away. Come yeah. on, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, for me, uh, I mean, for me, it's not blues. Um, I don't honestly, I don't even think my music is blues. My that, voice. That's is how blues. you. That's how you're presented. I mean, that's how. I'm. <laughs> so this. So this is this is all this. It doesn't bother me. I want to make sure I make this very clear. It doesn't mm-hmm. bother me at all. But. I like to assess myself because sometimes I just, I got to be honest with myself. And I don't really play a lot of blues. <laughs> That's what you're known for, though. <laughs> I, but, no, but this is the ironic thing. I don't really play a lot of blues. My voice is, my voice is, it's, it's rough. It's, it's uh, you know, I, I have grit in my voice. I call it the whiskey voice, you know? So it's like, my voice is blues, but... You know, and I'm, this ain't a knock at all for anything. It's just that the music I play, even even the 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 so called, the sound is not even blues. But I love the blues. Maybe. I sing with a blues soul, but my sound is kind of like up in the air because it could be like if I'm by myself right now, I could play some R and B right now and sing it. Or if I felt like it, I wanted to do Prince, I'll sing Prince. Or if I wanted to do some blues, I'd do Stevie Ray Vaughan or something. Careful what you wish for, because there's a guitar over there. I know it is. I'm looking right <laughs> at it. That's so, going to happen. No, it's going to happen. No, but the, but the, <laughs> no, but the reason, I say that because back at that time, I didn't know my sound. Sure. So, the, <laughs> so I, I recorded an album, but I haven't put it out. And yet. yet. Uh, I recorded an album. It's done. I just haven't put it out yet. And... The name of the album is called Halfway to Midnight. And the title track, the title track is called Halfway to Midnight. And I'm going to tell this quick story because it's a great lead up to like why I found my, my so-called sound. So I, uh, there was a woman I was dating and I was having a dream. Like, you know, we was in the house one night and in the middle of the night I woke up and she's right beside me. She was a musician as well. And I just said, hey, can you write this down in your phone? And it wasn't not normal for me to wake up in the middle of the night, but I was like, hey, can you write this down in your phone? And she wrote it down, because at that time, we didn't even think about doing voice memo, which would have been great to do. But, or, or pen and paper. Well, you don't have pen and paper <laughs> lying down in the bed at three in the morning. But, but you know, but granted. But granted, okay, granted. <laughs> For those who couldn't see, like it was a great gesture between old and new people. So anyway, old and young people. So, uh, so, old and new. I know. I really said old and new. I hold up a moleskinch. But but I told her write this. I told her write this down in the phone. She wrote it down in the phone. Woke up the next morning, and she was like, "You told me to write write something down." And she showed me. She showed me what it was that uh. She showed me what it was that I wrote down, and I took that. And I just made a song out of it. 
And it didn't have chords to it. It didn't have no melody. It didn't have no music to it. And I was like, okay, I like what I wrote. I like what it was. And I just made chords under it. And then that became my sound. And my sound, I would describe as conscious. Mm-hmm. It's it's like a uh, what what is the term? Um, conscious was it? Uh, stream of consciousness. Stream of consciousness. It was like it's like a stream of it's like a stream of consciousness. Whereas though, like there's no melody really. There's no like legit chorus or bridge. It's kind of like it goes how it's, it's going to go. You know, some songs might have a bridge, but it kind of just goes as like an Elliott Smith type thing. Kind of. Yeah. So it's like just a stream of consciousness. And I like that better because then whatever happens underneath it falls. The sound of it is can be anything it's supposed to be. But my music is more stream of consciousness, you know, so that's my sound. So you you, you fall victim to a thing where where a lot of non-musicians will attach a blues label to something that's not really blues. Because as you know, as a musician, blues is a very specific <gasps> no, no. rhythm pattern. Yeah. A lot of people will say, oh, that's blues. Well, no, it's a rock and roll progression. Yeah, it's not blues. Exactly. To be to be fair, though, because I don't want nobody to think that, like, that, like, um, I'm poo-pooing it. Like, I no. specifically made it a point that I was blues, right. that I love blues. And, no, and, it's great music. I yeah, like it too. but I wanted to put it out there in the forefront, like, hey, there's this blues cat in Baltimore who always plays blues, named Quentin Randall, blah, blah, blah. But the, but aside from the fact that I love blues, and I, and I, I do love it to play it, mm-hmm. but evolution. But th- another reason was the fact that I'm not afraid to be, I'm not afraid to put it out there. Like, yeah, it's blues. I want you to, I want you to know what blues sound like. Blues is not, to a certain extent, not this stereotype of like whining and stuff like that. Like blues is actually pretty funny in terms of how it's presented and the lyrics and just the storytelling, you know? And I just wanted, I wanted that to be something that wasn't like that stereotype faded away, you know? I think both of you very much appreciate the storytelling, right? That is because you're telling your own story. Always. Right. So, so regardless of what the style of music is or what, what pigeonhole you're getting into, the journey is telling the story. Yeah. Right. Both differently. We all met tonight. Right. So, but the, but the end takeaway is that the music should be about telling the story because yeah. when you listen to it, you hear your own story. Mm-hmm. Jim and I uh, cyber stalked you. He texted me that you, oh. you well, I mean, you texted me and saying you were watching the Lexington Market yeah. YouTube. Which he, he said was too old. But, you know, who, who ain't too old? But now, and so then I I say it. too old because like it no, just it, seems so night and day. It's now. it's in the before times. I mean, it's yeah. pre pandemic. But it was, so. yeah. it was still good, and it was also. Why does it seem like a different age? You know, it does. It, it made me learn so how to cast from my phone to a television. So that, <laughs> that got me into the you know the aughts or whatever the twenties wherever we are. This hold on, hold on. It got you into the aughts. I'm a moleskin and a pen. All right, you've got a girlfriend with an iPhone laying next to you taking your notes. Not, yeah, I right? had it. So, right. Did you want to borrow my Volskin and my pen? That would actually be more beneficial. <laughs> than a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> That's harsh. So just the truth. You. All right. No name. We're not, not, no not, not getting into your personal I'm life. Not, so not. We'll just refer to her as Yoko Ono. Oh! Um, too and then, soon. Um, <laughs> Too, do you really say two six? Well, I mean, she's destroying bands. I mean, what do you mean? Oh. <laughs> Man, he... No. 
So uh, one of one or two other things I want to cover. What what, uh, what does the West Side need in terms of music venues? Is there a venue in the West Side? Hey, <laughs> that's why I'm asking. What do you need in terms We're of music venues? Oh man, uh, what would be an what ideal space? I mean, you need a space more than you need venues. You just need yeah. one space. I mean, it's it's. I don't know. I mean, Hold on, we've got Mulberry, so I want everyone to say. I, my my selfish plug is that we have now turned mulberries in Holland's Park. I, 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 I'm, you know, being from Union Square, I'm, I am biased to Union Square Park and gazebo and it being a, oh, it's a great gorgeous. place. It's great. To, because, uh, I mean, even being under that gazebo, just acoustically. Yeah, acoustically. You don't even need monitors. You can just hear yourself crystal clear. Can you ask that question again? I want to make sure I heard it. Oh, so about venues on the west side? Yeah. Yeah, so we, what does, what does, uh, what for a music scene to blossom, in a year-round sort of way, where you have mm. performances that people will come to, what kind of venue would you ideally like to see? Like a like not like Hammerjacks would be like a West Side Hammerjacks yeah. would be like. Can I be honest? Yeah, you don't need venues. You need funding. Funding because you need funding because the artists are there. Yeah, the, the venue is going to. It's easy to find a venue. All you got to do is rent a space. Let's be honest here. Okay. But the the whole point is that it's the funding because. Yeah. This is the reality of it, and this is it. It goes both ways. Some musicians, no, nah, no, nah, I'm, I'm, nah, I'm gonna be raw about this. Do it if do you're it. doing the work. If you're doing the work as a musician, and you know you have a following, and it doesn't have to be like thousands of people. It could be, couple, it, it, couple it could be, no, no. It could be, it could be between seventy-five to one hundred and fifty. Let's yeah. be honest. And we talking seventy-five to one hundred and fifty of, all right, you know, uh, you got to showcase. You know, you're doing this, and you, you know, you want people to come. But you know you can at least have you know at minimum seventy five mm-hmm. at the most one fifty anything above that is a plus. Let's right. be honest. So certain musicians, including myself, I'm done with selling to. If I know that I can bring a crowd, or if it's a new establishment in a new area, even if it's on the west side of MLK, which we are living in, which which we are right now, is that sometimes you need you also need the support because. The musicians are going to come, but they're going to bring their fans because their fans are going to want to see them. Now, granted, you know, I want you to have that, that uh, I want you to put that pressure on us to like still be at the top of our game so we can like promote. But there is a certain level when it comes to tickets that certain musicians just off of seniority and also just off of the time we don't need to do anymore. It's like, if you believe in it, believe in us by funding us to so- come. Because if the, because renting a space, you can rent a space for like six seven hundred dollars for three hours, mm-hmm. and you can have a, a hour, you can have an hour show showcase with one band, so you're fine with that. But it's the problem is always yeah, it's easy to find a venue, but then that doesn't help the that doesn't help the problem. It's not paying the bills. It's not paying the bills yeah. because the musicians have to pay other musicians, yeah. and it's it and, and this is something that's always been talked about. This ain't nothing new. And we know it goes both ways, and I'll be a, I'll, I'm gonna keep it honest. It can go both ways. Musicians need to do their damn homework and also be professionals and stop whining and get the job done. So I will attest to that. But there are, but there gets to a point where it's though it's like, look, as much as this city wants to say certain things about its art scene, fund the black artists who are performing, who are always there. And we're talking jazz artists, R&B artists, but there's a whole nother community of artists. And it ain't got to be musicians. It can be poets. Because I can tell you right now, I can give you three communities 
that on average, they average about 100 people every time. But the, the goal is that like they, the funding helps because it takes a certain weight off of that person's back, whereas though we can actually perform, but also focus on what we actually need to do. And that's making sure that our presentation and our performance is top notch. Sometimes when you got to sell tickets. Yeah, so you, you want to practice. You don't be selling tickets. You don't be doing. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's not that. No, if, I, if, I, if I own a club. If you okay, listen. I, I, I want to. You want me to say, all right, I'm going to give you $1,000 or two grand or five grand or whatever your fee is. Keep going. Jim. And then you're going <laughs> to. And then you're going to fill the room and we're all going to make money. No, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what you're saying. No, because no, because I'm I'm, I'm gonna be fair. Two five thousand dollars ain't nobody paying that. No, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. Because at the end of the day, yeah. you got to meet somebody halfway. Right. If you well, I mean, we could if you do the business right. Yeah, but you also. But but my thing is, like now, you know what? Yes, but this is where it gets tricky. The establishment that I right, let's use the example. The establishment that you have, sir. Mm -hmm. How is this? Is this a new establishment or is this something that's been there for a while? Well, no, I, I think that the question is, though, okay, let, let me just derail it for a second, because everything you're saying is absolutely 100% correct. Is, is there a benefit of having a dedicated, and, and I think we, we may be a little bit older than you, but we had dedicated venues, not, not renting a venue. We had dedicated venues growing up where you knew there was live music yeah. every and night. No, 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 yes. So, and so that good, venue, yeah. so I, I don't, I don't know. I think there's two different conversations, but is there a way to have a venue on our side where it becomes the venue pays you regardless because that is what they do for their living? I see what you said. It's kind of like a right, yeah, like, so, like the old hammer. I mean, no, no, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. You came into, and I appreciate that completely because I'm somebody that's trying to hire in, in a non venue venue all the time, and I'm trying to find scrape up the money to get people that I respect and love to perform there. And it's not always easy, but there, there is a benefit in my mind and it may be antiquated that a dedicated venue for performances is a beneficial thing. And I don't think that that COVID aside, I don't think that dream is over. I, I think that there could be something here. And I, I, I might be speaking for you because I've been doing it for the past two podcasts, but uh, I think I think that a venue, a music venue, or, or even to your point, poetry, anything, a venue that's no. performance based. Yeah. We don't have a lot of those anymore. We don't have them no more. The first thing came to my mind was that. Thank you for clearing it up because, like, we I started making an example about something else, but what you just said, what you just said, I get it now. But it's also like, yes, we do need more venues that are specifically dedicated to musicians. But I'm gonna be honest, that's also dedicated to black musicians. I'm just gonna be right. selfish. No, to no, black music. Yeah. Of course. And the reason why, and the reason why I say that is because the venues that I've always been at, they've been, you know, they've been dedicated to black no, musicians. There were no black musicians at Hammerjacks. No, not really. But like, but but Hammerjacks is different. No, like, it's, it's, it's a yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, but like restaurants, like New York, like New York, <laughs> like if anything, the venues that's kind of been the thing for like the last two and a half years have been like black owned restaurants. You know, so they've been having like hosting. They've been but having not a music venue. exactly. So that's the closest thing. But if you, we do need we do need more venues that specifically host us. But the but the only thing that I want to make sure I say on this air is that please, for the love of God, let it always remain diverse. 
Because That's a God it's easy true. for it to turn into a neo soul thing. It's easy to turn into a poetry thing. There are so many bands out here, and he can attest to it, and I can name a lot of bands that play so many different styles of music that they get alienated because just off of the crowd that comes in, oh, this crowd that's been coming in out of 90% of the time, it's like a neo soul crowd. So we need a house band, but it's like having one venue with rotating house bands, not just one house band, that would be beneficial because having one house band, it's a little selfish having rotated house bands because you can always mix up the style. So, you know, one thing that I've, uh, I guess, understood about venues too is the ones that they pay the most have been the most creative business wise. They're, the, they're the ones that, you know, like you go to Booze House, they'll give you, you know, good drinks, good food. It's an intimate venue. Um, so, the, you know, the, as far as like their numbers are concerned, you know, smaller venues. Make a profit just off of and it's, it's a full it's night out. It's not just going up to the crown and singing. Exactly. Karaoke. So I mean, like you're gonna have something in the neighborhood. It's for the community and by the community, where it's uh, you know affordable for um, your neighbor to go and maybe uh, maybe even be able to have. I would love to see like a pay it forward system for those that can't afford to come enjoy yeah. a concert. Right? For somebody from that's work that's you know sleeping on the bench, you know that can come and enjoy a concert too. You know and enjoy themselves and enjoy their music and. Um, but I think to have a venue like that in this community, um, there has to be some sort of, I, I, I've seen like a lot of the pop-up ones will have, you know, somebody will put together a, a cool venue for the night for an artist and it, it sells well, you know, the artist is able to sell their merch and things of that nature and it's a good night. But then to make it something that's more consistent, I think it requires, it definitely requires more of a plan. Like think about, um, okay, how can we consistently bring income? from the community for artists that are within this community. And I think uh, for that to happen, uh, it's, a, it's gonna be a mix of, uh, you know, people from the community consistently supporting, but having a reason to support it. Right. And then also on top of that, maybe getting, being able to get funding from other sources, grants or nature to help with, help with what no, it's trying to do. Of course, it, it, to his point is that there, there are so many different opportunities that, that don't get grabbed, right? So we were talking earlier um, downstairs with um, the boys about there, there are so many grants that are, you know, like people of color, women of color, blah, blah, blah. There's, there's, mon there's money out there. There's community money. like abandoned buildings. There's, mm -hmm. there's so much money in this city in Baltimore that can be wrangled into something. Right. And I don't think there would be any detriment to opening a music or performance venue that is um, just basically to support the community to, you know, I mean, we want three things in life, right? But the top, top of the three things we want is human beings and happiness, right? And what brings that happiness? It's good music, it's good culture, it's good, you know, socialization. I know that we're all fucked because of COVID. <laughs> uh, but a venue on this side of town with, with, with a vision of supporting artists locally. locally, right? I mean, of course, you can have a, a situation where it's like, oh, it, you know, this, big, this big guy is coming in, <laughs> right? Oh. No, it's good, but it's not that. You want, it, I want to go see you guys band. Right. Yeah. Because, but if you think about like Warm Daddies from Philadelphia, 
right? Or you do, you know, um, the, the theater. Yeah. But you know how venues make a name for themselves is, you know, when, the ones that you have seen successful are the ones where bands, they, they, they're from that area. Then you supported them. And they that never band, tell anybody they come into town, they blow up. And then the band blows up. And then they're like, you know what? And, then, and that's part of your part of their story forever. Yeah. And then, Plus, like, like, yeah. Uh, like, uh, well, the Marble Bar up in the basement of, I don't know what it's called, the old Congress Hotel, Utah and Howard Street. Where all the I know exactly. Oh, yeah. I know exactly. Yeah, yeah. I know where that's at. Yeah. That's where, the, where every punk band, like the Ramones played yeah, there, all the, the Sex Pistols, everybody yeah. played there in that in that era. Yeah. I wanted um, to, um, I mean, that could very much happen. You, you could talk this I, I would envision but something. Have, it wasn't yeah. a huge place. If you no, no, no. Some of the best, some of the best experiences are like in, in like small dive bars. Yeah. Like, or like small, like, because it that sound is so. It's so big if you feel it. Yeah. Opposed to like if it's in a big it. space. I mean, the could, original could you 930 imagine? Club. I mean, now the 930 Club. Fuck you, DC. No, no, right no, now. Uh, <laughs> but the original 930, because I'm an old, I love you, was, DC. was literally, I love you, DC. Do it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, 930 yeah. Club used to be a catacomb. Yeah. It was right? Tiny. Yeah. And it was tiny. Yeah. And then now it's a big. Yeah. It's like, you wouldn't make a venue anywhere. I wanted, so, I wanted to say something because yeah. like, about what you said about the bike video. If if who if if we have a if we have a venue catered to artists, I think something that will also empower empower the artists, the black artists, not only to support one another more, but to also be proud of is seeing not the past being recognized. But seeing the local artists being immortalized. And because there was a conversation that was going on a few years ago. There was a spot called Nile Child that used to have, uh, it was like a box of Jim Slayer's warehouse right off of uh, Biddle. And it used to have all musicians, all musicians, everybody was doing anything. But there was a conversation that was being had about how no one, no one is archiving the local artists' music. There's so many, there's so much music yeah. from the local artists, like, that's our age. Maybe about t- late 40s that don't get honored. And I feel like if that was being honored at the uh, venue that's catered, there's a certain level of pride that comes with it. And the reason why I say that, because I agree with everything you're saying, and I was hearing what I was saying, but I'm like... It doesn't, but that doesn't really, that doesn't stand on what I believe helps because if the venue is catered, if the venue is honoring us to be for us, the pride of seeing our work in that establishment will make us not, will make us want to make sure that that place is always going to be up and running because it has to go both ways. Well, it's invested by the local community. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. But the, Yes, the local community, which would be y'all, but us, yeah, us. But where we would come in is if okay, this is good that this is an establishment. But if I walk in here, like wow, like these are musicians I know being cultivate a standard. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you cultivate a standard, and I feel like that would be the core to everything to keep it going. Whereas though, y'all to a certain extent, y'all still have to do what y'all have to do, but there's a certain level of 
word of mouth and pride that will furthermore push it. And I feel like that's that's what I wanted to say. And that's so that, that like, we're about to open a new business together, is what I hear. Well, that would and also that would you know how many you you like you younger people that are looking up, right? That are coming, you know, the kids that will attend these venues. I mean, that alone will be inspiration for them to be like, you know what, if these local these artists could drive a local scene, why can't I? Yeah, you know, it allows them to be like, you know what, hey buddy, you guys want to form a band, you want to do something. The next thing you know, like, well, our goal is to be able to be able to hit it right here in our own neighborhood. Yeah. Right? Okay. Well, we'll, go we'll break, break, we want to play it, at Laura's place. Break it down for me though. Yeah. Okay. So, so now, Quentin, here's what I want to hear because if we're gonna be raw, here's raw. Because because I because if you're gonna go raw, I'm gonna go raw too. Yeah. I am a 48 year old music centric, old school white lady. Mm-hmm. Right, I am me, and I don't give a shit. Right, I I want to I want to love what I want to love. I want to listen to what I listen to. Now, if it's going to be historically black centric, it's going to be black owned, and it's going to be black music. H- how are you going to now say you're not going to pigeonhole a style of music, right? Because David used Coldplay, no effect. Not not a fan. <laughs> but how now are you going to now open that venue and cross all those fucking, erase all those fucking preconceived notions, right? I can tell you the answer that right now. And, and no, please do, because it's not for me. I already just, know. Just, just not acknowledging it. That's, okay. That's, and that is the you answer. All just don't acknowledge it. And that's the answer. Oh, what is this? Wow, I never heard this. Next band. Well, yeah, what is this? The, the like, reason why I wanted that answer, right, is because of the way you spoke and the way I'm speaking, yeah. right? Because we're we're talking to a bunch of people that aren't in the room. That is true. Right? And so it's not between you and me. Yeah. I know what you're saying. I just need that to be said out loud. Don't yeah. Fucking acknowledge yeah. any of it. Because who yeah. cares? It's just fucking music. There, there is a saying called out of sight, out of mind. And here's the thing too, if it's if it's for the local community, does it matter? No, but that's I need it out loud for, for Yeah. No, it does, no, it does matter else. when you don't when you say something and you don't Acknowledge, you know, yeah. it out, you know? I, I just, I just yeah. we're acknowledging yeah, that we're well. not acknowledging. No, 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 no. And, and that's shitty, right? Yeah. But but that's the world in which we live. A podcast, nobody knows who anybody is unless we tell them, right? Yeah, all they do is hear our voice, right? right. Just, and I, I feel like I, I feel like I'll take it. I'll take it a step further in in regards to I call it keep the main thing the main thing or trust the process. How you want to put it? Is that none of this is really going to benefit me or him? To a certain degree, because the goal of it is, the goal is to start it. So later on down the line, yep. there's just certain things that you just, I just, they don't it have becomes, to worry about. Becomes part of the scene. Yeah, I'm not like, <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not like, I've been around enough people to know that you know they want to get something out of it. I'm not going to say who gives that that impression, but we talked about it earlier. <laughs> but I will say that ignore this local. But I I say but I say that you know certain things flourish when it's when it's when it's built and started with love because at the end uh, of the day because at, at the end of the day you got to think about everybody else you're not a leader if you don't know how to lead but you you're not a leader if you don't know how to follow so but you got to be fair it's like look like you said like you don't acknowledge it don't acknowledge it oh. Somebody in the audience, wow, wow, that kind of sounds like Coco Play mixed with Bruno. And then you tell them, wow. The whole point is that, like, the beauty about black art, it's so unexpected. (laughs) 
And yes. it's unexpected yes, in the Coldplay most. Yes, was unexpected during this podcast. It's unexpected in the most fascinating way. And this is, and I will say it, I'm being selfish. There's no other art like ours. I'm just going to be honest because yeah. you and don't know what to expect. And I don't want you guys to Coldplay. think that when you hear our music, you're going to hear Coldplay. No. No, 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 I'm sorry. I didn't mean Sorry, David is such a lovely human being and a wonderful artist. I didn't want that to no. be the thread, but that became the white so, joke. So, everyone so, everyone has different influences. David yeah. so has when, influences with Coldplay. I, 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 I listen to Jeff Buckley. I live in the, I live in the Glenn Hansel and, and Marcota with, uh, um, my, oh my God. Oh my God, my Kelly Glover. Are you having uh, a stroke? Don't have a stroke. No, no, because like, <laughs> because it's like, because it's like, it's weird that I have to acknowledge that to just prove a point. But it's like, no, no, no. But that's, but that's, that's what you were saying, and that's what he was saying. I shouldn't have to acknowledge it. Therefore, don't acknowledge it. But it's also, it, but he's also right. You have to acknowledge it to not acknowledge it, Andre. and that's the complexity of it. It's like he listens to Coldplay. It doesn't mean that his sound is Coldplay. David, he listens David, to Bruno Mars. Co- no, no, no. Coldplay, if you're hearing this, just know. That yes. you know Send us a right? check. <laughs> Don't sue us. It's man. all references. It's all references. So, if anything, and, that's and also the, honor. To also bring another point, can we just take a, a, a case study of just the black church circuit, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you look at how the musicians get plugged in there and how they create their own, it's its own little world, right? Anybody outside of it has no clue what's going on, what's going on in that world. But that world is very huge. It is uh, very click, uh, cliche or clickish. Um, and at the end of the day, they're full of amazing musicians. Now, how is that? How does such a paradigm exist, right? I mean, the church has a church is a venue, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they pay. They have a budget. Yeah. They have a budget, right? They pay very, they, and they pay well for for them yeah. to come. There's something that the musicians can get out of it, mm-hmm. right? Make a living, pay their pay, you know, feed the babies, you know, all that stuff. Then on top of that, um, the nor the notoriety that comes with being able to sound good and the following that you bring, and doing that on a consistent basis, right? They have they have people that give, right? The 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 they got an well, audience. They have, they, have, they have a built-in morning, audience. Man. They have a built-in audience, right? They have a congregation that comes faithfully every Sunday. You and know, part and of what so, they're coming for. And, and guess what they make them do? They make them give. They make them donate. Pass that plate around five times the surface. Yeah. You know. So at the end of the day, it's like, what? Why is our community no different than a church, right? In the sense that, like, we have a built-in community. We have a built-in audience with the with the neighbors that live here in the community. We have, uh, you know, if we can get the budget. Guess what? You can get musicians that can now live and and eat off of something where the, now it's like, it's no longer like, oh, well, we only have $150 for you and your band to come and play. I'm like, well, what's $150 going to do? It's good five ways. <laughs> 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 right, Thanks again for listening to West of MLK Revealing Suivo. You can find us on Instagram at West of MLK and on Podbean at westofmlk.podbean.com. Or look up West of MLK, Revealing Suibo on Spotify and Apple Podcast apps. <laughs>